Kia ora, my name is Mark Easterbrook and you're listening to Going West Audio. For your enjoyment, education and inspiration, we've opened up our archives, queued up the tapes and unearthed the best oratory, discussion and performance from 25 years of the Going West Writers' Festival. In this episode, the passage that inspired it all, the train journey from Morris G's novel Going West, read by the author himself at the Henderson Station in 1997. Um, uh, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I haven't stood on this platform for, oh, 45, perhaps 50 years. <clears throat> but I used to catch this train from Henderson to Avondale to go to Avondale College, starting in 1945. So um, both the, the place and the conveyance have got a lot of meaning for me. Um, and Henderson has too. Uh, when I lived here as a boy, it was a small country town with a blacksmith shop, believe it or not. Um, and the centre of town was here on the street, not around on the on the main road. Um, like everybody else, the, the places of my childhood mean a lot to me and they pop up in my books all the time, especially Henderson Creek, which uh, runs a couple of hundred yards back over there. I was saying on the train that I think I can um, recreate that creek for two miles of its length, pool by pool, from way up by Oratia Station, which we passed through on the way, to down by Tui Glen, where, of course, it's a tidal creek uh, at the top of the Waitamata Harbour. That creek gets into the book, my, my books a lot. Henderson gets into the books too, but in, with various names. In, in my third book, it's called Wadesville, a very silly name because I was living in Wadestown in Wellington at that time. Later on, I changed that name to Loomis. So uh, wherever, whenever in my books you come across uh, a town called Loomis, please read Henderson. <laughs> now, now, Going West is a novel I wrote four or five years ago. Uh, it's about a... a a friendship between two men over the length of their lives. One of them grows up to become a, an archivist. The other grows up to become uh, a great, a major poet. Uh, by New Zealand standards, a major poet. I'm going to read um, from the first chapter of the book uh, where the, the archivist, the narrator of this story, is reminiscing, jotting down notes. And this is... Uh, his, these are his memories of the ways in which you got from Loomis into Auckland City. From Loomis to Auckland, there were three ways. One, the yellow and green ABC buses straining up the white concrete road to the edge of town where farms opened out with a long view over the harbour past Point Chevalier and the sugar works to Rangatoto, pale and uneasy in the distance. What a lot of weight that island, that mountain, has to bear. The city's claim to greatness often seems to rest on it. The road ran down Waikamiti Hill with acres of grey gravestones and white crosses on the right and over the little hump at the bottom and up the equal hill on the other side. Oh, the plunge into the valley on the ramshackle bus. Was it death, those thousand grinning skulls underground, or was it sex? The twin slopes opened out like thighs with a little hump there, pubic mount. 
It will be said that I steal this from a petly poem, but for the record, I pointed out the likeness to him and he dressed it up. <laughs> then new linen and the brickworks amalgamated and crumb, black open sheds stacked with orange pipes, chimneys with iron ladders up their sides and once in 20 years a steeplejack on top. We crossed the wild creek, mud and mangroves where country ended and the suburbs began, Avondale, the race course and Pointchev, the asylum, you might see loonies walking in the grounds. Not loonies, Jack, Lila Petley said, people who are mentally ill. Past the golf course and the zoo and Western Springs Stadium where the midget cars raced on Saturday nights, Frank Satan Brewer, and up another hill into Greylin, and there the city proper, Karangahappy Road along the ridge, then a plunge down Pitt Street to the wharves and terminus and a glimpse of Queen Street as you went by. That was my most frequent way, 40 minutes from the Loomis orchards to white liners sailing from the bottom of the street, Queen of Streets, and 40 years and more from that time to this, and still the excitement comes on me. The question is, of course, how did Rex Petley feel about it? Two, by train. From Loomis Station, the track ran straight for several miles with Stragley Town on one side, Arlap's Grocery, where you could buy Chinese ginger in jars, the Scout Hall, the Anglican Church, the Jam Factory, and vineyards and farms on the other. Then the line began to curve, and the impression one had was of worming into Auckland. It went up inclines and through cuttings, and you saw a grey fringe of cemetery overlapping the hill and the lumpy end of ranges on the other side. New Lynn round the back of the shops, across the front of Amalgamated, the house where Rex Petley lived until he was eight, stood hard against the line, and I think I saw him once before I knew him, sitting cross-legged on a pile of sleepers, watching as the train eased through a railway gang. Rex with hanging adenoidal mouth. That can't be right. Perhaps he was yawning. I envied him his place on the warm stack of logs. Once across the spindly bridge, there was no creeping. You stabbed like a knife. Avondale, Mount Albert, houses tumbling one against the other. Iron roofs in a frayed quilt of reds and greens. And Morningside, Kingsland, with Eden Park, moan like a lawn, waiting for the big match Saturday. Then the prison, an English castle, with the quarry where the prisoners broke stones. And Auckland Grammar standing above, its Kubla Khan buildings in the sun's sun, and boys in navy blue kicking footballs high. What happened when a football went into the quarry? Newmarket Tunnel with men's cigarettes in the dark and kids making ghost yells and the smell of sulphur. And once in there, the big kids said, a sedent tech boy rooted his Sheila. And they both had their pants pulled up and were sitting as though nothing had happened by the train, time the train came out the other end. At Auckland Station, the ramps made you run, and the echoing big hall threatened you, and you felt that you might travel up or down instead of along by slanting, sliding ways or by the plucking of a hand and hear a big final voice. The dusty, straggling walk along to Queen Street 
ended that. The bus had the cumulative magic of the known, the train odd bits of drama and a back view of things. The third way was the one I liked best. Three, tram. You got off the bus in front of the undertakers in Avondale and walked back 20 yards to Rosebank Road where the red and yellow car hummed softly at the bottom of the hill. But always I felt danger, those shining grooves and bacon slicer wheels. Peril is a better word. The motorman released the rope, manoeuvred the whippy pole, set the grooved wheel on the overhead wire. He took his place in the box in front. The tram car had two fronts and two backs. Woke the lovely throbbing underfoot, eased the lever round and we were off, grinding up the single track and lurching through the curve on the Y. When the seats filled up, you gave yours to a lady and stood on the platform with the road rushing by at the bottom of the steps. You leaned out when the pole broke loose and watched sparks flash and heard them spit as the motorway motorman eased the wheel back onto the wire. High speed along the flat into Mount Albert with a grinding and hissing from the wheels and a swaying in the car that was barely in control. Up the hill through Kingsland, along Simon Street, past Grafton Bridge where the suicides jumped into the cemetery in the gully, along Karangahappy Road and then the stomach lurching right ankle turn and the dive down Queen Street past the town hall and the crazy house and the civic to John Courts and Smith and Coey and Milne and Choice. Off at the zone there and through the traffic, the city's heart. That was why I liked the trams. They set you down in the middle of things. And while I remember the zones, those narrow concrete islands in the street, Rex used them in his poem, Passing Through. And some readers have failed to understand zone as an actual thing. It's the safe place between the slicing wheels and the butting cars, but not a place that one can stand about in. By the time he has finished with it, of course, it comes to mean any number of things. Thanks very much. This has been an archival recording from the Going West Writers' Festival. Thanks for listening.